And we're back, lads. And we are back. We are back. Uh, Tank, what, why were you late for the podcast today, mate? Oh, look, I've still got bath water on my head. <laughs> mate, you know, I was in the bath singing Jerry Cinnamon, like just. And then I looked at my phone and I was like, I was just about to change the song and I was like, yeah, it's 10 o'clock. <laughs> yeah, I, w- I wouldn't buy, but you were the one that you said. Know what it's Lads, do you know what was weird? So we didn't do a podcast last week. And I don't want to say it out loud, but I nearly missed probably chatting to the two of you. It felt weird not doing a podcast. Yeah, it's been a bit weird. Like The WhatsApp group was quiet because Jimmy gets depressed when we don't have podcasts. Yeah, like, you're right, Jim. In the corner, just rocking like a kid because <laughs> I've no one to take the piss out of. Uh, well, we're back together. Um, lads, I have to start. I actually feel sick. Feel still feel sick. So our Josh had a game yesterday, right? And they've had an unbelievable season. Um, top of the league going into the last game of the season, and they were playing against a team who also are a brilliant team. Like the two of them, two good teams. They were playing against each other last game of the season. We beat them at their place three nil, and uh, they came to our place and they had to beat us to win the league. We only needed to draw, and the lads got beat three one. Oh, shit. Lad, it's like football is so cruel. Like, And it was just the way the game started. We started really well. With the keeper made three, four unbelievable saves. Then they got one goal on the break. And then we wobbed. You know what kids' football is like? Yeah. You could see that it like it, it bothered them. Then we got back to 1-1. One, one, and we were on top. And then they just they caught us with another break. And then we had to go up, like lob loads up front. And they caught us with a last-minute winner because... We obviously were going to try and get the equaliser. And like, so Josh was obviously devastating. You're seeing your kid crying, all that, and like sobbing, like sobbing. And you know what was the worst thing about it? I went up to, to check on him later on. He was having his shower. I popped my head in and he was crying in the shower, lads. He was still crying in the shower about the game. And I'm just, I'm not over it, lads. Like, nah. I have this feeling in my stomach for them. You know what I mean? Horrible. There's nothing Horrible. you can do, is there? Nothing. No. Now, and, and it's funny, I was kind of explaining to him and some of the lads, I was like, look, funnily enough, they actually play the same team again next week in the cup final. So I was like, lads, I still think about games that I lost when I was younger. It, you know, they don't go away. I said, but you've got the perfect scenario in the next week. You get to play it again. So all yeah, these feelings that you have, just go for it. But I tell you what, lads, oh, that was an absolute no, yeah, Any advice for me, please? Because I'm, I'm on the cliff edge here. Nah, don't don't turn up. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I took our Jack's kids team, mate, and um, we played in the league up up in uh, where I I live, and it was it was, it was too nice. They were just used to beat everyone really easy. Hmm. So like obviously I'm from Bootle in uh, Liverpool, which is a, a bit of a rough area to say the least. So but our kids were a little bit soft, so I put them in the league down in Bootle, and it was a it was a proper eye opener for them. But you know what the he were brilliant. The first season, we come third uh, in the league and they got kicked from pillar to post because they played nice football. And then the second season, uh, we won the, we won the league the second season and we got beaten the final in the uh, the cup. Mm. And I still think about it. It's, it's like it, it was devastating. It's still like... But it's it's all... Nice, to, nice to know that my pain is never going to leave me. Yeah. Time, that makes it... <laughs> Doesn't make unfortunately. I still think about... I mean, our Jack, that, that team was about 10, maybe 10 or 11, maybe just round about Josh's age. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. like you still don't forget about. I still remember the game and um, yeah, it was, it's nightmare. We got B three two, and we, you know, it's one of them where we played the team off the park because our kids just used to pop it round and pass and move. That's all we used to do, and they were just long. And like I, I don't like that team. I'm being honest with you. And I know they're only under eleven, but I don't like them. It's <laughs> <they laughs> long, and we were playing. Yeah. Like, you still like, hate Sam them and it wasn't nice. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I'm just, it's, this week is is going to be a tough week, and you know it's like like you're both now we've we've all we've all played. There was like it was like there was a death in the house, and even this morning I was taking him to school, and he hadn't spoke to me in the car. Dropped his sister off, and I was like, "Do you want to talk about it now?" And then he's he's gone. It's like the it's like this it's like the stages of like what yeah, is it for grief? What, grief. He's now angry. Grief. He's angry. Yeah, like and he's like. Up. Yeah, he's fuming, and he was like, Rrr. and then he like usually we do a little high five thing before he get goes to school. He got out the car and just give me the he just give, give me the nod. He was like, just walked off fuming. Oh god. Anyway, I don't want to talk about it. Let's talk about some other stuff. Uh, something else that'll make me feel more cheery: the king's coronation. Uh, I believe, lads, it's 
the bank holiday in England, Jim, you were just yeah. telling me. Uh, yeah, is there bank holiday special, today, lad. Anything special planned for the King's coronation? I think they've, uh, we, they've, we live in a little village and we've got little villages all around us. So on Saturday, we had a, our village. Had a, on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You've yeah. got a big bowl and a load of keys, Jim. Is that what's yeah, what happening? No one wants mine as well. It's just everyone's trying to avoid, avoid my keys. But uh, yeah, on Saturday, they had a... a, a village party on our green up at there and it was a washout but to be fair there was a few families up there and we ended up getting a game of footy going and the lads played footy for about two hours like absolutely that's the lads. a couple of the dads joined in yeah i had to and then two of the older lads came down brought their boots like oh, these no. kids about 30 14 arch was arch megged one of them oh yes <laughs> absolutely on, rinsed them <laughs> <laughs> so that was good. We, I, I had to show a few skills off to the older lads. And then Thank yesterday you. was um, the the village that way. That It was their coronation party on the green. And it was sunny, so it was a lot better. They had bands, bouncy castles. It was really nice, actually, really. Not so much, I mean, for the occasion, just like seeing villages come together and like a community come together. Old school, everyone on the green, you know, picnic blankets, gazebos, beers. So, yeah, it was good. And like, there's nothing on today, man. Nothing, I don't think. It's a washout, absolutely pissing it down. What about you, Tank? Because we, when we've spoken in the past, you were a fan of the old... Uh, you the, loved the Queen, the, didn't you? Loved the Queen, didn't you? Where, where do you sit on... Because it's a bit of a divisive topic. Yeah, old, yeah, I couldn't stop looking Mate, at his what fingers. Are, what, are his, what are his fingers? What, My missus... Tank thinks be... we mean his fingers here. Is, is, do you, no, no. Would you mean the King's fingers, Tank? I missed what you said there, lads, because it just all froze. Oh, we did look confused. No, we're, yeah. we're, well, no, that's you just the usual look. I, I can hear you. Yeah, just for, after Jimmy said about the the, the thing, and you said what tank yours, it went off. So, yeah, we were just asking. You were a fan of the. Uh, you were a fan of the Queen. What's your view on the whole coronation stuff? Did you watch much Queen. of it? Where'd I was you, a yeah. fan of the Queen. I liked okay. it because I just liked the. I liked the like the thought of this little old girl sitting in that massive. Um, but as the royal, like. You know, I see a lot of comments about on about Liverpool fans booing the national anthem and that, but let's put things into perspective, lads. Not one person in this country's got anything remotely relative to the royal family. There's kids have uh, fucking food banks. People can't pay gas bills. People can't pay. People can't live. People are fighting to live a normal life and put food on the table. And we're spending two, three hundred million to put some crown on a strap on while as brothers. <laughs> You know, buggering allegedly, kids, left, allegedly, right, and center. Allegedly. So the whole thing about the royal family now the Queen's gone for me. I don't really give two fucks about them. I, don't get me wrong. I like to go to London and look at Buckingham Palace. That's about it. But if that wasn't the royal, a castle or whatever it is, I'd be going to look and like that. That's amazing. If like if a big fashion designer, you'd go and have a look. So that's I just don't see the relevance of them when the country's on its ass and we're spending hundreds of million to see a crown get put on some weirdo and the fucking camel on his arm. Yeah, it's it's a camel. Uh, Jim, it's a, it's a weird one, right? Because I'm, I'm certainly not a royal, right? Each to their own. Uh, they, they mean different things to different people. I, I'm with Tank, though. It just feels completely tone deaf for me. At the, I think that's my issue in that when... I think I've seen a stat or heard something the other day that the most uh, the most robbed items at the moment are babies' nappies. Like, how are we in that type of situation that things are that bad that people can't afford to get their babies' nappies? Uh, and then we're watching this overt... It was, it, like, it just... It didn't sit right with me. I watched a little bit of it, and I, mm. I'm a bit of a weirdo. I like to watch stuff that I know is going to annoy me because I like to get annoyed. So I'd like I would just tuned in to get annoyed, basically seeing all the gold. <laughs> That's like me with Jimmy on the podcast, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm watching all this gold everywhere, and just everything was all unnecessary. And you sat there thinking, like Tank said, people can't heat the houses, and people are having to make choices whether to eat or heat the home. It just did, it did not sit well with me. At all, Jim? It's a difficult one for me because from, if you look at it as a business point of view, if I spend 100 quid but I'm making 250 quid back, that's good business sense to me. So from, from a business point of view, if they spent 100 you million on tourism, it. You're thinking tourism here? 
Yeah, and yeah. you know the way that London's been absolute jam packed. Tourism, they're going to make that money back, and it, it's not right. The issues you've got are not with the royal family, but with the government. The government are the ones that are, you know, royals have no say on what how this country is run. They're just the the spearhead of it and are getting paid for it. That's their job, basically, in being the front of this. It doesn't mean it's right, and doesn't mean that I'm, I'm I like it, but that's their job. So they they can't dictate anything that goes on in this country. Whereas the government, they're the ones that are, you know, dictating, um, you know, taxes, laws, all that sort of stuff where food banks are now needed. So it's not ideal. And I don't want to see people being paraded. The thing that, is, the thing that gets annoying with me is I see Charlie getting coronated and all that. And he looks miserable as shit. Like he's fuming in the in his little gold carriage, isn't he? At one point, like probably someone's. You, you know what it is? He's had a Barney with his missus because I don't know if you're like me. Whenever you've got an event to go to, if you've got to go yeah. to a wedding or something, someone's late. You have an argument, and then you have to like pretend you like each then other for the doing, first twenty it. minutes, and then you get you get on in the end. Then, yeah, what, I mean, sort, that... what sort of face would you have if picture this? You're in your castle, you're in your massive bed, and you're asleep, and you're having a wonderful dream. And then you just turn around like that and you see Camilla lying there. You go, what the uh, fuck? No. So you're not going to have a good face, mate, are you? When you've she's got going an absolute and... manhead who's got a big willy Camilla... next to you in bed. Camilla and then wakes your brother, Andrew, who's trying oh, to find allegedly girls girls is down the corridor. Jesus, we've, we've, we've nearly avoided Andrew twice there. He keeps coming back. Camilla wakes up to Charlie and goes, "Give us them sausage fingers, lad." And then, uh, but yeah, it's just it's not it's not great. I don't, I, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a fan, but I'm not a I'm not a I'm not a hater of the royal families. Like you say, I could take them or leave them, but I've not seen any of it. I'm not really that bothered. But from a business point of view, I can understand the money being spent because you'll easily make that back with the tourism with how many people have gone to London and the money they've spent and tourism and all that. So it's a government that we should all be taking umbrage with because they're That's all better. than the government. So, Tank, I'm going to bring it towards uh, the football, right? Kind of sim- similar point, though. I have an issue with the anthem stuff and obviously the li- particularly the, the, uh, the Liverpool side of things because... Everybody can celebrate, do what whatever they want in relation to the royal family. I just don't understand the thirst for the league to make it mandatory to bring the national anthem into what? Why does it need to be linked to football? What's football got to do with it? It was all Liverpool fans were always going to boo that. Fundamentally, as a city, we are against everything that the royal family stands for. You only have to listen to some of the songs. Fuck the royal family, feed the poor. That people are struggling. They, they, it's a socialist city, and they want to be able to help each other out. So the idea, and just you know, getting into all the, the government side of things, that Liverpool are fundamentally against you know those figureheads of power and this idea that they can dictate that they can come play the anthem. You've also got England fans that basically slag scousers at every opportunity. Um, call us bin dippers, and then all of a sudden you want us to stand up and feel part of, of being English. It's just, it's just not going to work ever. So why it was put never them in that work. situation? It just it, makes no sense. It was never going to work because, as you, you know, you've got to put things in perspective. What does the zero? The, the average man and woman in this country has got zero in common with the royal family, apart from that we pay them, and you pay them heavily. And as the, the, and this is the issue, you know, you're spending millions and hundreds and hundreds of millions to celebrate them. And for me, there's nothing to be celebrated about them. They don't bring anything. If they had any backbone, and let's get it right, you know, I'm not going to go on a Tory fucking rant. If they had any backbone, they'd have pulled the government in and just said, this is the most fucked up this country's ever been, probably in the last hundred years, by the way. You're fucked. We're decimating your. You know, you need to form a new government or go to an elect. They have the power to do that, but they just sat there in the fucking the, the ivory towers and just doing. You know, this is great. No matter what happens in this country, the royal family get funded. And I just think you know, it was an, it was a bizarre situation. But I don't understand. Like I see comments on Twitter where like it's disrespectful to Bruce. You had a pop of Piers Morgan, didn't you? Yeah, because he's an absolute strapper. Is. is it anyone he, to have a pop eyes in, mate? He's a, he's, a, he's a nugget. I'm not being funny. He was hacking into dead people's phones. So whatever Piers Morgan's got, he's, got, he's on the he's the scum of the earth. He's on the, he's the piece of shit on your shoe, him. So we, his stuff just need he needs to get back in his box him and go and finger Ronaldo. It's just an absolute <laughs> mental fucking man, him. 
Tank is very giddy after his baths. Have you noticed it? He's a lovely look at him. He's absolutely no, that's nice. That's hemp. That it's the great listen. I've never had a spot in my life, lads. And it's bath water, just wash your face. And there's a something called hemp. It's made out of cannabis thing, and it's the, the body is, butter. Don't get the hemp face cream. Get the hemp body butter. That is beautiful. I mean, look at that. Tell you what, life lessons with tank uh, oh, hemp yeah. body butter and uh, peers more. Scroll your own face. shit in your face. <laughs> <laughs> uh, race for top four, Jimbo. Um, yeah. Oh, come on, Jimmy. Jamie. Hey, come on. I, look. No, I'll, come on. <laughs> I'll caveat this by saying I don't think Liverpool will make top four. So just to just to put that in there, right? They've left themselves too much to do. But Jim, I just there's one topic that I want to come to, right? If you know, so Man United have got, lost a couple of games now, not in good form. Gary Neville has reared his little head, oh. and all of us, you know where I'm going with this one, Tank. I can see it in your eyes. All of a sudden, it's the Glazers' fault again yeah. now that Man United have lost a couple of games, and all of a sudden he's asking for more money, more money, more money. Carragher said it well last night. He was like, "Well, hold on, Glazers. It wasn't the Glazers who spent ninety million. Well, it was their money, but you know, ninety million on Anthony." Um, playing Veghorst as a 10. Like, it, you, you can't just, like, make the two topics of Eric Ten Hag and Man United's performances totally separate and always look to blame the Glazers as soon as something goes wrong. It, it feels a bit... It's a, it's a broken record now, no? It's a difficult one, isn't it? Because that's, that's their pain, isn't it? That's every Man United fan's pain, just as this FSG is Liverpool fans' pain because they don't spend any money. The issue that you've got is now with the Glazers, all right, we can talk around them saddling the club with debt and, and they haven't updated the stadium and all the training ground or anything along them lines. They've just been taking their money. It's just been take, take, take. Yeah, of course you've spent money because it's the largest global sports team in the world. So they're, they're going to be able to spend money, but it's the money that is lying in wait within within the club that has been taken out by all of them. Now what you've got is they're going through this farcical sale process. It's surely going to be, you know, lingering around the club, what's happening, who's going to what. You know, we've all worked in places. If anything's happening from the up-down, it can... It can you know, it can have a, a, a negative effect on, on the playing pitch. And, you know, United have, since this sale process has begun, have seemingly, you know, started to 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 fall by the wayside since since this process has happened. It was going to be a full sale and now it was a, a percentage sale and it was now being muted as a, a, a potential um, a ploy to, to drive the price of the club up so they can get more for it at a later date. So I can understand what he's saying in, in, in the fact that if someone owns a club, what they do impacts the running of the club. But they've, I don't know what's happened to them. It's just absolutely gone. And Tank obviously called it when he said, and I'm going back to Rashford going... Is he still, you know, is did he turn a corner or did he just have a really, really purple patch? Because I have always thought he was a waste of potential Rashford. Um, and, I've, you know, I did change my mind. But, again, since he's had that injury, he's fallen off a bit and, and United are now struggling. I just think it needs, Ten Hag needs a good couple of years before he can start putting, you know, a real good stamp on it. Because... Although they bought players, we've still got a lot of players left over that were there for for however many years. So, yeah, it's it's a one minute it's it's roller coaster of Premier League football in it. One minute they're up, the next minute it's it's down. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see what he does. I think they're going to have to get rid of a few players. Go on, Tank. He's a shit manager. Not um, giving him any credit, no. Why? Why are we giving him credit? Lads, just on a serious note, why are we giving me credit? For one decision, and this is the only thing that I agree with that Piers Morgan, you swap Ronaldo for White Ghost, you need sacking instantly. And by the way, they paid a lot of money to get him out of his loan deal. They paid a lot of money for him. This wasn't just a fucking, like, a free... They paid about five or six million euros to get him out of his loan deal and put him on fucking a big contract. You get rid of Ronaldo, we will, we would have scored 20 goals in all competitions this season because that's what he does. You get rid of him for where he goes, you need fucking. Casemiro has been a fucking flop. I don't give a fuck what anyone says. 
I don't care if anyone's... I seen, I think it was Ali McCull saying that he should be player of the year. Why? Because he had a good month. Oh, I, I saw that on, on talks. But I, the disrespect the, the disrespect that Rodri gets, by the way, the disrespect oh that Rodri God, gets when talking about he's unbelievable. He's unbelievable. He's, Rodri is class, absolutely class. Big use, always delivers. Has gone missing in every time Man United need him. He's played, he had a good, he had a phenomenal month. Don't get me wrong, he was good in that month. You can't have one good month and then be at this fucking held as the greatest thing. He was signed for 70 million, five year contract on about 400 grand a week. You know, next season when he's on more decline, the season after, good luck getting rid of him. Good luck getting rid of him. Man United fans, and I know I know a few Man United fans, and we'll get a lot of stick for this. And they're the most entitled fan base I have ever come across in my fucking life. I seen some comments from David De Gea last night saying, get him out the club is a disgrace. He's kept them in the fucking games five or six games prior. The saves he makes was unbelievable. He slipped and let one in. Mate, I was going to say that because I was going to say, yeah, yeah. did anyone else notice he slipped? Like, he slipped, he, yeah. His, foot, his boot doesn't get any yeah. traction, does it? No. But then let's go back to Ten Hag again. The left back he signed, he's fucking shit. He's shit. Paid a lot of money for him. The little dwarf has had a good, like, he's had a good few months. He'll do fuck all next season. The lad he got on loan from uh, Leipzig or Bayern Munich, don't fuck all. The fidget spinner, the worst signing of the fucking season. Sancho, a manager, a good manager, gets the best out of Sancho. Shit. Where's, where's, tell me a sign on what's been outstanding, what he's signed, because I, I'm yet to fucking see any. I'm yet to see any. And I'm yet Martinez to see... is a bit harsh, like he's injured yeah. at the minute. He's been deep. Him and Varane were very decent together. Yeah, I, I, I have to give him. Yeah, but but if we're talking about development here, it's not just based on signings. You have to give him a bit of credit. No, they're back winning trophies, competing for trophies, getting top four. Like, you you know as well as I do. Look, I'm not. I'm certainly not a Man United fan, but it's building blocks, no? They, they, they were out of the conversation for a long time, very inconsistent. And now they've got trophies on the board. I think, look, I think they'll get beat to City. I think City are far the uh, superior side uh, in the in the FA Cup final. But United had the ability, we're challenging for two trophies. They're back, they will get top four, if you if ask my opinion. All things considered, that's a good season, no, in terms no, of building no, blocks. No, you don't think? No, I've said, I've said to you all along from the day one in this podcast, Man United and other clubs like your Newcastle, uh, are Benetton from a severe drop-off in Liverpool, Chelsea and Tottenham. Them three will come again. A, a, a good manager to get hold of that Chelsea squad and they're a problem next season. A good manager will get rid of a lot of the dead, will get a core of that. They have got some of the best young up-and-coming talent in Europe in that Chelsea squad. Tottenham will come, a good manager will come and get hold of them and Tottenham will sign some players and Tottenham will be pushing for top four again. Liverpool, without a shadow of a doubt, will be pushing next season. Have they got enough to challenge Manchester City? No, in my opinion. But Liverpool will be the second best club again in the league next season with some shrewd signings. Manchester United, and me, lads, I know we're talking about Manchester United here. They spent, net spend is over 1.1 billion in the last six years. So, we're talking about Ten Hag and building blocks. He spent fucking 300 million. What, what sort of blocks? It's not as if like we're asking him to build a fucking house out of like straw. He's, a, he, he's had the key, everything what he's asked for, he's got. I'm, I'm not having him. I'm not having him. I'm sorry. It's highly likely, though, that Harry Kane's going to United from Tottenham, and that obviously puts a massive dent in Tottenham. Would you go to No, United I'm not saying, I'm just saying, I'm not Harry Kane. It's, it's his decision, but it, it seems probable, highly likely, I say highly, you know, the percentage is more in the favour that he's going to Man United by the looks of things. I don't doubt it. And it's the most Manchester United signing in world in the world again, isn't it? 30 year old or 31, you know, certainly his best years are, are behind him. You've got to say that. And they'll spend 100 million of them, give him a five year deal and they'll be stuck in he the same situation. He will because he's, he's in his last year of his contract. So he won't spend 100 million. You think, that, you think Levy's going to let him go? For he's got, he's got a choice, hasn't he? Levy's either leaves into and gets nothing or gets 50, 60 million. Yeah, but he's the um, type of chairman who'll just say, we'll just, we'll, we'll let I don't him think he would. I don't think he'll let him go for nothing. I, I It's funny. I, I do like, well, the football man in me. I can see why Kane would obviously go to United. He wants to get the Premier League record. Um, you know, I think I think he's got more chance of winning silverware there. So that's a monkey off it. Like I think the two things at play for Kane now is Premier League record and get the silverware monkey off his back because everyone's like, why is he not wanting to win silverware? Questioning his character. I think United will 
which because they'll always spend tank you know that they'll always just throw money at it and i know what you're saying sometimes it's like they lack a little bit of strategy because it's it's kind of like the the, the football manager or the championship manager version of transfers. It's like, let's just go and buy the best player at this particular yeah. moment, irrespective of age. So I, I understand what you mean. It's just a dead obvious sign to go and get Kane. It's a dead obvious sign to go and get Casemiro. A lot of people would be out of the conversation because they don't have the money or probably would re be reluctant to buy a player of that age on those wages. We've seen United like to give away big wages. So I, I understand what you're saying. I think, I think for me though, I, I don't think United are as good as, as what people like to make out. I do think there is some element in the, the, the drop-off conversation. Um, but the one thing that United will always have is they have the ability to go again, go again and go again. And if they recruit right, I, I, I still think they'll be, be in the conversation. I, with Ten Hag, Jim, have you seen enough to think that, that he's got something? Or do you think the questions that Tank has are, are, are justified? I think both. I think we're both right. I think there's, there's, there's questions to, to be asked around some justification of signings. Yeah, I think Tank's right on Militia. Um, you know, my feelings on Anthony, I think he, he has potential, but well, whether he can fulfil that is, is another question. Um, but yeah, and, you know, United have been, have been bad for a number of years. Um, and they've won a trophy and, they, you know, a month ago, they were fighting for a quadruple. So we all know what happened. Things change fast in football. Well, exactly. And and it was the same for Liverpool, wasn't it? You were absolutely flying, going for a quadruple and fighting on all fronts takes it out of you. Um, and we know we, we know they spent money, but they've, they've spent it very badly. Um, and... That their squad's not as deep as it as it should be. Um, so yeah, I think I think there's I think there's enough there. And if he if he recruits, I think I think someone like Harry Kane transforms that. You know, Rashford and Kane together with another Anthony Jaden Sancho on the right. I think I think just gives a little bit more emphasis on on that player because at the minute there's no number ten, no number nine. Rashford's sort of in between. I think it. I, I think it really gives them a spearhead to go and go and win things, and well, not win things, but you know, really put a style of play together that allows them to at least be in in, in the in the question. Right. So a few topics I want to rattle through. Right, Tank. I want to come to you on this one. Um, so talking of the race for top four, uh, Trent in midfield. Now uh, Liverpool have obviously bit, six wins on the trot. I would say with my Liverpool goggles on, look, smelly one nils are something that Liverpool haven't been able to do for a long time. So I'll actually take them all day, to be honest. I don't think we've been earth shatteringly good, but I think that there's been a tweak in Liverpool's system that now allows me to see what the plan is moving forward. So it's not even about this season. It's about where is this team heading as we kick on into next? And I can see, building blocks in place now where I'm like, aye, aye, a couple of good signings here and, and we wouldn't be a million miles away from, as I agree with you, I think the gap is quite big now between us and City, but I think we we should be aiming to be best of the rest next season and I certainly think we could do that. The big one for me has been this, and I've always been against it, so I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh yeah, you know, this idea of Trent moving into midfield. And let's caveat this by saying he's not playing in midfield. He's still playing right back, but during the build-up, he then becomes uh, a double pivot, um, a double six. And in possession, he's he's been an absolute joy to watch. What, what do you think of, of the change? And do you think this is something that will stick around? Or do you want got, it to stick around? I've got, I've got a few opinions on that because one is, a, is, a, is an opinion of frustration that it's took the manager like nine games of the season to find a solution to being shit all season. So I think that not making the top four has to be solely squared on Klopp's shoulders because... You think he hung found... Trent out to dry for a, for a long time? I think he you? asked him. And then my other, my other opinion is, is if this is the way we're going to go next season, we've got zero chance of being in the top four because top sides will fucking decimate Liverpool on the left-hand side you know, their left-hand side, Liverpool's right, with the gaps what they're leaving. Because you, you just can't do that in modern-day football. Most most teams, top sides, play with a, with a three-pronged empty, two wide, one central. Most teams do. So when you're coming up to against, you know, your Real Madrid and players like that, 
these these world class players will absolutely decimate you by giving them the free space. So Trent has always been a centre midfield player. I've seen him since he was a kid, and he was the most outstanding talent. Quoted from like the people who were speaking to Liverpool's Academy that they've seen since Steven Gerrard as a central midfielder. There was no pathway at the time for him to get in, so we went to right back. So if you want to use him in that position, which he's fucking outstanding, by the way, play him in midfield. Go and sign a right back. Instead of looking to sign Mason Mount uh, and everybody else, go and sign a fucking top right back to play right back and put Trent in there because Trent will score 10 goals from that from midfield, and Trent will have 15 assists a season still from central midfield. So just playing central midfield. Don't try and be all clever and make this genius stuff, which is going to, it will cost you, lads. You know, I'm not going to, you know, we're not trying to... Players really, can't be in two places at once, Tank, can can't, they? they? literally can't. can't. Expect, and then people are going to be going, but he can't defend, can he? Well, no, he can't fucking defend, because he's just put a ball in the box, and now you want him to sprint back and stop the left winger from getting in and scoring goals. You can't do that. So if you want to do that, Liverpool, go and sign a really top draw right back to play right back. And you've probably got a 70, 80 million pound centre midfield player in the making in Trent. And that's one position covered. And then you just go and, you know, fill the rest with what with quality, hopefully. But yeah, that's my opinion on that. Jimbo, I want to finish off with, with Liverpool before we move on to the next topic. And I want to talk to you about Klopp, right? Because there's been a lot in the news about uh, his issues with Paul Turney, the referee. Um, he obviously let that bubble over uh, recently, well documented, um, call, called into question, I would say, the integrity of the of the referee potentially. Um, screamed in the fourth official's face when, when we scored. All in all, I just don't think it's a great look, generally speaking, to be honest. Um what have you made of the whole situation? And it looks like the FA are going to throw the book at Klopp and he's got a bit of a ban coming his way. Just what you make of the whole situation? I think he's lost it a little bit, to be honest with you, mate. I really do think he's lost it. I think I think he's looking at excuses. I think he's looking to take uh, impact away from the players. Um, you know, Sam Allardyce has come into Leeds and done exactly that by trying to compare himself to Klopp and Pep. He knew what he was doing. You know, it takes away the emphasis away. i come back away. to him. He's on my list for later yeah. on. <laughs> you know, he knows what he's doing to take the emphasis away from the players. Klopp, the, the, the celebrate, you know, getting in the fourth official, that's bang out of order, regardless of what it is. He knows what he's doing and you're doing that just to be a knob, basically. I don't know. The FA have reviewed the, the footage or the, audio footage of, of what Tierney... The issue you've got is Paul Tierney is, is viewed as the top ref, right? He's viewed as one of the top refs. So if you're one of the top refs, you're going to get the big gains, which is nine out of ten times Liverpool, whether that's Liverpool, City, United. So he's going to ref more games. Now you can start looking into it any way, shape and form you want. Should this have been a pen? Should that have been a pen? And then, and then you can really start getting you know, deep diving into things that should have gone your way. But let's have it right. Jota should have been sent off, right, in that game. Jota, should, there's a clear red card. And I know people will say the Haaland red card, but that's a red I am card. Gonna say, I'm going to say and Dermot and Gallagher as well, you. the it's absolute spoon. Yeah, it's a, right. And Dermot Gallagher, whatever, put that on on the, the next conspiracy theory. Um, my point is, you don't bring these things up, do you? It's never the things that go your way. It's always the things that don't go your way. And then you start building your own case around it. So I think I think there's probably, you know, there's issues. There's issues with every referee. There's refs aren't good. We've said that, whether it's Tierney, Oliver, all of them aren't good at the moment. So, you could, again, you could start building cases. Um, but you can't go around acting like that. And, you know, we said it with the Mitrovic ban. I think, I think he needs to, I think he does need to, to have a punishment, what that is, I don't know. Um, but he'll just use it to galvanise the players and 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 try and push for that top four. So, yeah, I think I think he's he, he's he's taking it you know slightly too far. But he, you know he's feeling pressure at the moment that he's probably not felt in his three or four years previous. My issue tank is, and I agree with Jim in that I think he's taking it too far. There's also another side to this. The lack of accountability from fundamentally woeful officials here. It's one thing asking for 
managers, players, coaches to respect them. And I absolutely agree. We have to set a better example. These things filter down to kids' football. It's, it, it's, a, it's an awful look. But you know what is also an awful look? The gross incompetence across the board from the officials this season. So how about a little bit more accountability when they cock up? And we're all humans. We all make mistakes. Hold your hand up and go, yeah, that, that wasn't my finest hour. This is what I thought on reflection. Maybe could have done it differently. We learn, we get better, we move on. No one can argue with that. We all cock up all the time. But there's a lack of accountability. And these mistakes keep happening and happening and happening. And nothing gets said. Referees' jobs are on the line. Teams staying in leagues are on the line. Top fours are on the line. These things have to go hand in hand, surely. It's, yes, more respect. Throw the book a clop if you want. But also, the referees have got to be better. Some of the decisions this season have been beyond belief. But you've just said something there, which is actually not true. Because the ref- the only thing what's not on the line is the referees' jobs. Because mm. they're that fucking bad that all is they get is a little slap on the wrist and say, just have the weekend off, mate. Go take the wife away for the weekend. No game for you this weekend. Back next weekend, all good. Mm. We have got the most global phenomenal sport in the world, in the Premier League. There's no debating about that. So what needs to happen is every single official should be sacked and diminished from the job instantly. And the Premier League, as a global phenomenon, goes round to the... He's sacking everyone again. He's sacking everyone again. I'm telling you, because it's it's becoming that bad now. So every official in this country, including that fucking strap on Howard Webb who just took over, they all need sacking fucked off because they're no good at the job, they're incompetent. And listen, you can't keep making the same mistake week in, week out, week in, week out. They protect their own. So they've said, we've listened to the footage of what was said to Jürgen Klopp, and there's nothing wrong with it. Okay. Let's hear it. Put it to the public domain. If there's nothing wrong with it, Let's see, let's see. And then then, then everyone can go, Klopp, you're the cunt, you need, you need Bannon five games. But they won't, will they? They won't release it. They're just saying, it's okay, we've heard it. It's come to the stage now, because as you said, Jamie, top fours at stake, titles are at stake, relegations at stake, European place at stake. The difference between finish 15th and, say, 8th might be three points, and but it's about 20 million quid. And these incompetent fucking idiots... Are not fit to run the game, and that's just a fact. Somebody explained to me how that wasn't a penalty for West Ham yesterday. It's like his arm's there, and he's put his arm there to stop the ball. Every man in his dog, Rio Ferdinand, who's fucking played 400 years for Man U, is like the most biased person ever come across. Is like, it's a blatant penalty, you know. What, what are they looking at? It's a blatant penalty. Even the goal what got disallowed for West Ham. He's actually, Man U players pushed him in and he's literally stroked the gayer's arm and he's threw himself on the floor and he's, he's not given the goal. These mistakes could have cost West Ham that victory and could have cost them their, their, their status in the Premier League. So the whole refereeing system in this country needs fucking off, binning, ripped up and getting proper people who can do the job to do it. Jimbo, I want to come to you on something that I've seen. We know we, we like Simon Jordan on this podcast, or we certainly like that he, he doesn't sit... And I know you shake your head there, Jim, but... I, I, I was going to say, sometimes I, he's all right. But, but I think I, I like him as a broadcaster because he'll he'll get a reaction out of you one way or another. And I think that's yeah. I think that's good. He's not afraid to give an opinion. I think, we, I think we're filled with pundits these days who are too scared to give an opinion. And it's, it's refreshing to see someone who, who won't shirk the... the 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 big topics and, and something that he raised this week and I wanted to get uh, your opinion first as, as, as an attacker and then Tanks as a defender he was talking about Haaland's goal record which is unbelievable <clears throat> excuse me Haaland's obviously broken the goal record now uh, he's been an absolute it's like he's built in a lab let's be honest um, but what he was talking about he was adding some context behind it and he was asking or he was talking about basically the Manchester City create a lot of chances compared to the likes of Shearer, let's say, at Newcastle, he wouldn't have had as, maybe as much of the ball or as much opportunity to score. Also, the elements of defenders nowadays not being able to defend or tackle anymore. <clears throat> Excuse me. Does he have a point there? Does, does modern football favour attackers compared to back in the day? Probably. At the moment, yeah, but it's... 
swings and roundabouts, isn't it? You can then start going to, you know, if you really want to go into, you talk around boots and balls, and but then you can start looking at Pele's records and all this sort of stuff. So everything will always get better. The game will always evolve around something, and the game's evolved to be more attacking-minded. But to, to, to disservice defenders just going, yeah, they can't defend anymore, it's all rubbish, is... You know, it's, it's. I think he probably meant not not in terms of quality, maybe because of lack of contact. Like you can't yeah, tackle. Maybe you know, there's no physicality now. But then you'd be surprised. There probably isn't no physicality now, but you'd probably be surprised in how many defenders would actually, you know, gone are the days of the old centre back kick it and head it, put your fucking face in it, lose your teeth. Them days are long gone. It's not. It's not what football is, and I wouldn't want them days to return. So I'm glad that it's not like that. And I'm, you know, regardless, we've had some world-class players in the Premier League, world-class. We're talking Shevchenko, Crespo, Samueletto, granted towards the end of their careers, Aguero, Suarez, and not one of them have got anywhere near these records of Shearer, Andy Cole, um, you know, for, for the goal scoring in the season. So regardless of what it is, it's a phenomenal feat in actually getting anywhere near it. And it just feels like he's just trying to downplay it because it's... it's. Some, I do like Simon Jordan, but I do often find him in the Piers Morgan camps where you, if you say the sky's blue, he'll argue that it's, you know, turquoise or green or something along them lines. He says it just to, just to do it. Don't get me wrong, Shearer was unbelievable. But what you've also got is, on that Newcastle team... I can guarantee you the tactics were get the ball to Shearer because he's our best player and he will score regardless. Get the ball out wide, put it into Shearer. Shearer, you stay there. I don't want you running around. I don't want you pressing. I don't want you chackling. I don't want you doing anything. Stay in the middle, head the ball and score goals. That is his remit. Haaland has to press. He has to defend. He has to create. He has to do all that sort of stuff. So, you know, to say that it, it, it's not as meaningful because it's modern football. It's, it's quite disrespectful, I think, to Haaland. Um, but it's also quite disrespectful to the previous because don't what they did was unbelievable. Anyone getting 35 goals a season is unbelievable, regardless if it's in the 20s when they're all smoking 50 fags at our time, whether it's in the 30s, 40s, 50s, doesn't matter. Just like football for what it is, it doesn't always have to be comparable. Whether he's got 85 legs and that's why he's beat the 35 goals. Just enjoy it for what it is. What about you, Tank? Totally disagree with what Jimmy said. And here's why. Here's why. And I brought this up when I was working at Bailey Academy as the under-16s coach, right? Because gone are the days where any... and. You lads will have to get your kids are in academies and the older they got, you'll realise this. There's not one single syllabus or fucking session whatsoever aimed at defenders defending. Right? Lock, we used to have syllabus of Burnley. So we'd have blocks of six. So the first block, so week one, playing out from the back. Week two, playing through the wide areas. Week three, playing through the midfield lines. Week four, Pressing from the front. So we got these and I'm like that. And I'm going, okay, okay. Where, where's the, where, what about the defenders? What about the defenders doing one-on-ones? Because when I was playing, I used to get fucking torn a new arsehole by Pat Nevin on fucking Prenton Park on a Tuesday and a Thursday, one-on-one defending. One-on-one defending. 30 minutes, Pat Nevin running at me, ping the ball out to Pat, run a tank, fucking make him look a fucking idiot. And it made me a better defender. I guarantee you now there is not one academy in the world what says the back four, get out with me. Six, four attackers, two midfielders, bombard them. Bombard them, get at them, learn them to defend, learn them to one-on-one. I guarantee you now, as long as I've got a fucking hole in my ass, Haaland would not get a fucking kick against Sol Campbell and Tony Adams as a centre-half pair. Not a fucking kick. Cole Campbell would fucking keep up with him and Tony Adams would bully him everywhere. I'm telling you now, she had to play against some of the best defenders in world football who were out and out defenders, Martin Keown, all of the likes of that. All of these centre-halves now are just nice, fluffy, playing out from the back defenders. Not one of them is where you could go. He is an unbelievable defender. 
Not you, one of them. Do you think it's a dying art, Tank? It's a complete dying art, and it's a dying art because we don't coach it. We don't. We coach don't it. coach. I give you that. Archie does a lot of one v one. You look at um, it's changed with goalkeepers. A goalkeeper now it doesn't matter if you can if you pull saves out of the top corner. It doesn't matter what you like with his feet. Well, if he keeps the ball out of the net. No, no, but what's he like with his feet? What the fuck's that all about? Save the ball. <laughs> it's it. Well, Gary Neville made this point when, if we go back to what we were talking about earlier, Trent Alexander-Arnold, it's like, what are they doing with him in the week to make him better? I don't know how, it, I'm just thinking In these that. 1v1 situations, because it, it, like he's, like Jim, just before you jump in, it's, it's there's an art to the 1v1. Do you know what I mean? And so much, you know, so much focus and highlights has been put on Trent, who, let, like what Tank said before, wasn't an actual right back. He was a he was a he was a midfielder. How much time, one on one time, um, you know, boots on the grass type stuff has been given to him to make him better at that stuff? I I, I agree with Tank in that it does feel Jim like so much focus is putting on what are you doing on the ball. Whereas for me, the way I was brought up and the way I played, some of the best players I played with were unbelievable off the ball. They had a brilliant game and they might not have even touched the ball that much, but they they stopped particular balls getting into particular people. They they dominated space. They dominated the, the, the people that they were up against. That, for me, is the art of defending in, in large parts. How do you win your physical gone. battle? But it's not there anymore. It's gone because there's no, there's no, there's no syllabus to do it. There's no like, there's no thought well, process. Like, every single coach in the world now, not one of them sit there and go, "Well, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll work the back four today. We'll get the, you know, we'll get them shuffling across. The keep it going. Keep it going. When it's on one side, shuffle. Don't Surely, if you're what? setting up to, to work the attackers, so you're saying that like, you do you, you set up plays of Haaland, Bernardo Silva, Mares, whatever, Grealish. Back four, you go. They get worked by working the attackers. They have to defend. So we do it now. So you take, you take my lads training. They do 1v1s all the time. And then they do 2v1s. And then they do 2v2s. And then they do 3v2s and 3v3s. And they do it. You score, another player comes on. And they do that a lot. You, I'm just thinking out loud. How do you teach someone to tackle? I think it's just naturally there. Though, I, I was it? a centre forward and got moved to left wing when I was. Yeah, okay, I get that. I, I, I understand that. Great I understand positioning. I know it's positioning and that. But it's for you me, I... your lane. Twice a week, I used to do it, and I used to get. I used to get lane. I'd have Ronnie Moore, the coach, and Johnny King. My defending wasn't the best. And then I'm not being funny, mate. In my the peak of my career, I'd go one on one against any winger, and you will not get past me. No, no chance. If I'm on my game, you don't get past me. That wasn't born in me. That was drilled in me. Because you've got an international winger at the time, like Pat Nevin, who was a fucking nightmare with step overs, cutbacks, the fucking lot, go to cross it. He wouldn't cross it. You're like, just cross it, you cunt. And he wouldn't. And I used to get drummed for 30 minutes every Tuesday and Thursday afternoon. Looking back then, I absolutely hated it. Looking back now, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. And then Johnny King would be screaming again. Ronnie Moore pinged the ball to Pat Nevin. I had to stand 10 yards. He'd run at me, dribble at me, through the cones, and I'd have to stop it. I'd have to stop Pat, force him back, or tackle him, or block across. I think that, now, I think that still happens. I think it still that. happens. But Doesn't it's not aimed at the defender. It's aimed at the attacker. But you as a defender happen. should be stopping the ball, surely. How when you're not coaching? I just don't think Trent can defend. No matter how much you teach him, this is not a Trent argument. This is a defense argument. Okay, I'm just talking in in general. I don't think people aren't built to be defenders anymore. Everyone wants to be a striker. No one has the issue. Is is a but that's what Tank's saying, though, Jim. No, I get it. Again, my point is you've got to build. You've got to build these people. People, you can't build people to be a defender. Either most defenders start as attackers and work their way back. You just said it yourself. So Jimmy, the, we coach we coach front men to make runs off the shoulder yeah, to pull off positioning and whatnot. So we can... need to be coaching defenders to defend the front man. What's the front man going to do when he's going to pull off his shoulder? When you drop off and you see him, open your body up and see him. We don't do it. Everything in like Harlan's just playing like... from the back to play forwards through the attacking zones. Nothing's about defensive structure. But Simon Nothing. Jordan, and you're acting like Haaland's just running in straight lines and it should be easy just to say, right, I'm sticking here and I'm marking this man because this is what they used to do. And this no is one what it said is. that, Jimmy. No well, one it said that. I'm asking Haaland. I'm saying Haaland's coach to make runs. He's co- you're missing the point here, mate. I'm, yeah, not, mate, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not. I get what you're saying. You can, We're not coaching can... defenders to be defenders and defend better and show. We, we'll show... 
say for instance, Manchester City, uh, Pep Guardiola, he'll show how to beat Real Madrid, the runs to make, the high line, whatever they've done. I guarantee you they won't say, like, this is how we're going to defend. If you're thinking that any Premier League club is just going, right, lads, for the next nine months, all we're going to train is is attacking. Surely, like, someone's going, hang on, gaffer, like, any chance? The, the the whole thing will be set up to work whatever it is position you're playing. So if you're doing certain things, the training session will be aimed for defenders to get... No way is Pep just setting up things to go, right, Mares, Haaland, Grealish, this is all about you for the next 12 weeks. That's sure... At younger age, I understand, it probably needs to be teached... A bit, you know, it needs to be taught more, sorry. Whereas when you get to that age, you can't just then go, right, we're going to work on defending now and I just want you to boot ball. The, the probably the, the attackers will go off with the attacking coach, defenders will go off with the de- you know, with defence coach or whatever coach that is that's assigned to I've been to around football role. for the past five years and I've never seen a defensive coach take Where, a back At what level though? Well, I'm talking first team level. I'm talking first team level. The only They've person I've seen doing it is Sean Dyche. You're saying a, a coach doesn't take him away and go, we're going to go work on defending. But, oh, by the way, lads, we're going to do it. Really not, on throwing, but we're just going to fucking leave defending for the for the next six months. Don't worry all about of, it. All of the phases of play, what I've seen from all, most first teams, and it, it's got nothing to do with defending. All of us are asked about is playing out from the back. So they keep it together to the centre-halves, and it's like, can you get out? But the transition, if you're playing out you play up, you lose the ball. You've got to defend. Surely, if you're playing out from the back, you play it up. Using they'll have people up there. They'll get the ball, and then you've got to them defend that your box. You've got to defend your no, goal because Jimmy, it's not our first. What's going to give you the ball back? Are they? Because I'd be very surprised. As soon as you lose the ball, it starts again. Keep his ball back. Out you go from the back. Jimmy, it's 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 progression. It's in front progression. Of you. Every single game it. of football you watch, it's in front of you because the standard of defending is absolutely horrendous. I look at some of the stuff what Van Dyke's doing now, and I'm like, what, what the fuck is he doing? Some of the stuff Van Dyke has done this season has left me absolutely bewildered how he was even mentioned in one of the greatest defenders to play the game. And that's not slagging the lad off because I do think his confidence has gone and that has a huge effect on it. But some of the stuff I see Virgil Van Dyke do, I'm like, that's like schoolboy stuff. There's, like the ball, I know it was a good ball from Ivan Tony the other day into Van Dyke, but. Van Dyke turned like a fucking slug and was running on it. And one stage, I thought he's going to push him. I am guaranteeing you now that no back four works gets done on. I'm talking proper defending here. I'm not talking about like just fucking little shitty phases of play. I'm talking about when I was at Forest with Dave Bassett, we would have massive overloads and we would get pelted. We used to come off the training pitch absolutely. Blowing out of our arse, nearly collapsing, because we'd have six v4, and you'd have four attackers, and you'd have two midfielders, you'd have Ari standing in the halfway line, he put it into midfielders, and the game's live, and we're six v4. And the only time we'd get a break is if we won the ball, edited it out for a throw-in, and then you go back shape, bang, again, 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 again. Repetitive defensive, repetitive, shuffling the cross, moving in the lines, keeping the front men up, playing a high line, dropping off when the ball is. None of that gets done in football no more. None. Not whatsoever. I'm delighted I brought that top of, topic up. That worked absolutely perfectly. Thanks for <laughs> thanks for that one, lads. Uh, by the way, Tank, Ivan Tone, Tony doesn't get spoken about enough. Jimmy what a player he is. What a player. Right. Jimmy, Ivan Tony or Harry Kane, right at this moment for Man U, because you're a Man U fan, I think. Ivan <laughs> Tony, for me... I don't know. How old is Ivan Tony? What, what are the 25. ages? Is he 25? I'll take Tony all day. I'll take yeah. Tony all day. Mate, he has the lot, like ability to occupy I'd take the uh, men over both of them, though. No chance. Uh, I, I, I loved, honestly, I was watching Tony there at the weekend and I was like, it's he can mix it, he can mix it, he's got quality, his first touch, ability to bring people in, arrogance, technically, technically brilliant. Oh, he's, a, he's a serious, serious football. So, serious, serious footballer. Uh, okay, uh, last couple of things to finish off on, right? Tank. What a game for Forrest we have lined up. Uh, like this, if there was ever a must win, surely this is it. Yeah, it's already done though, mate. 2 0, leave one. You think? Yeah. Mystic Meg got a ball out there. I, I, just, think... I just think, I think at the city grounds, the, the fans are going to be fucking right, right up for it. 
if you get you know we've just i've got a feeling it's going to be a fucking nice night tonight for forest i really do i think it's going to be um yeah a nice little two nil victory because look i'm not being funny you've said this on the podcast before forest are actually not in bad form they're actually playing quite well. They went to Anfield, done really well. I mean, Brentford are a tough side. Not many plays teams go to Brentford and get results. And they're like, I know they got beat, but the four minutes away from an amazing result. Mm. You know, I just think for, before that, they won there. I can't remember they beat someone at home, didn't they? They had won the home game. I think Forrest are going to be okay. It's fine lines in football, isn't it? And at the moment, yep. they're just they're falling the other side of those fine lines. I want to finish on... My favourite, the topics, the questions that we get from listeners that are non-football related, right? And we got a, Johnny always delivers with, with, with the cracking questions, right? Uh, Jim had a bit of a sneak peek on this one. So um, I'll come to Jim first so Tank can have a minute to think. Slippity of bastard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the question Johnny asks is, if we had to describe each other as animals, what would you choose? Think of each other's traits and try to be kind. So the, the be kind bit isn't going to work. I've tried and I've not done it. So. <laughs> yeah, I did the same. So um... I've got Jimmy on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> Who is that? <laughs> Absolute lizard. Jimmy the lizard. <laughs> Jimmy the lizard. <laughs> Uh, Jimbo, go he's on. Go- look, he's Googling for something. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. Uh, so mine are, uh, for you, Homo, I've gone what? lying. Oh, I'll take that. I don't even care of the context. I'm just happy. Hot-headed. Okay. Fierce. I've put you down as as loyal as well. Oh, so. Go ahead, Jim. Love that. Mine's not loyal. Yeah. At least it's fucking... At least it's own son if it's hungry. Give you that, lad. <laughs> right. For I'll tank. Take it. Go on. I've gone sloth. <laughs> Physically slow. <laughs> Mentally slow. <laughs> ugly. Probably oh, hang on a minute. Listen, that's one probably, thing you can't call probably, anymore. Probably stinks. Not cut his toenails and fingernails for years. <laughs> Stuck can't to cross the, brief. the road in less than 10 minutes. Stuck to the brief there then, Jim. Love it, lad. I wouldn't want, wouldn't want anything different. Uh, Tag, do you want to go next? No, you've put me on the spot here. <laughs> I had Jim. I had for you. Um, so it wasn't as nice as yours, actually. So I yeah, feel I bad now. Nice to be fair. <laughs> um, you're not usually nice to me. Got so enough I'll take negativity that. in my life with tanks. So I've got yeah, nice. I'll take. I'll take that. Uh, but I actually did put though. Jim, so I said a cat, right? Huh? And the, the reason that I said a cat. I'll take a cat because he's a likes to. <laughs> 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 I actually want to type to be notes there. Uh, so reliable cats always come back. So I had reliable. You'll always come back. You like to go to bed early and you're a bit oh. stroppy. <laughs> is, yeah. that, is that fair? Pretty fair, yeah. Yeah, okay, nice one. And then Tank, I had, so I actually put hot-headed as well. So hot-headed, heart of gold, but terrible with names. And I was like, what type of animal that could that possibly be? <laughs> so I was like, okay, yeah, I uh, didn't really think this. So I went with a gorilla because I feel like a gorilla comes in, Tank gets a bit mad, whacks his chest for a bit, but then we'll chill out and be dead sound. Is that, that, is that a fair point? I'll accept that. Yeah, uh, I think the sloth is more is more apt to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, but it was a, that was a cracking question, right, lads? Um, that's enough for most. I tell you what, I enjoyed that. We won't uh, we won't have a week off again because uh, uh, it's been good to get back together. Uh, I think uh, actually, when are we going to be? We're going to do we could do Friday, could we? We try and do Friday live show. No training, got no Friday. training. In. Oh, I can't. Mum's over. Sorry, lads. I'm yeah, on with us. Get Mrs. Murph on. Oh, yeah, do you reckon? Guest appearance. Um, Tom, get Tom, Tom hates me, so he'll fit in right with Tank. Yeah, lads, let's... listen, here's a quick one. Like, one. Just, just for my own fucking thoughts here. Man City didn't even know it was on the other day. Why was that on Saturday, three o'clock? It's never happened before. Was there a reason? What do you mean, the game? It was live on Sky. On telly? How did they lift the 3 p.m. band? What channel they? was it on? On Sky Sports, dad rang me and said, are you watching a match? I went, no, there's no match on. It's on Liverpool on later. He went, no, Man City are on Leeds now. I was like, what? So I turned Sky and it was on. Was it? They've lifted the blackout. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Lads, pleasure as always. Um, Let's do that. Let's do this again soon. Um, Everybody that's listening, uh, thank you all for your support and uh, pulling us up on the fact that we did not record a podcast last week and giving out. Not my fault, by the way. I Whose was... fault was it? I can't even remember. Tanks. Why? 
No, I think it was mine because Josh was away at that tournament. That's why everyone hates him. No, I think it was my fault. I was away in Belfast, wasn't I? You were out. It was me? me. It was my fault. Yeah, it was me. I was up in Belfast, wasn't I? Yeah, with, with, yeah and then uh, we tried to do Tuesday and Tank couldn't do that. Yeah, so anyway, we're here now. We're all back together and we won't be going anywhere. So, uh, right, with that, hope everybody enjoyed the podcast. I hope you all enjoy your week, more importantly. And do us a favour, if you haven't already, follow us on social media. Send the podcast to a friend for them to enjoy. Leave us a rating and review or subscribe on YouTube. One of those or all of those would be fantastic and massively help the podcast. So most importantly, as I said, enjoy the rest of your week and we'll be back with you again soon on the Boot Room Podcast. All the best. Love. Cheers, guys.